0: to double your sales now. Your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches to double your sales now where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host Ursula Minches and I am so excited to dive into today's show. We are on episode 102. We broke through the 100 episode mark a few weeks ago which was really exciting. And I'm so excited about our guest today. Chaz Wilson is here, and I know some of our listeners probably already know about him, have heard about him. I'm getting to know him. We're in a similar market, and we're touching a lot of similar people, I think. So it's going to be fun to learn about what he's up to. So first, before I introduce you, I just want to say welcome to the show. So glad you're here with us today.
1: Oh, such an honor. Thank you. We're
0: going to have so much fun. I got to be on Chaz's show, so hopefully you will go and watch and or listen to that because we had a blast. So I know today is going to be a lot of fun as well. Really quickly, we just want to thank our listeners all over the world. We ranked in Belgium. So whoever you are in Belgium that's listening, I want you to email me at Ursula at SalesCoachNow.com because I want to talk to you. I want to learn more about what you're up to or who's listening out there. So we thank you. We love hearing from you. We love getting your emails. If you haven't yet, go to SalesCoachNow.com forward slash gift and get our six secrets to doubling your sales. Also for our listeners who want to come to sales camp, we have public sales camps as well as private ones. If you want to come to a public sales camp, email us at contact at salescoachnow now with podcast in the email address and you'll get a special secret investment price point for you to come to sales camp and to bring someone with you. So definitely reach out to us. We'd love to support you. Also, if you have a conference coming up or another event, go to ursulaminches.com. I would love to deliver your keynote, support you on your sales training, do whatever I can to make your event special. So go there, tell us about your event and send it in on the contact form and we will support you. With that, let me tell you about Kaz Wilson. He is the CEO of Master Networks. He's a best-selling author. He's an entrepreneur. He's a speaker. And one of his books is called 5 Plus 1, The Entrepreneur's Handbook for Success. He's the co-founder and CEO of Master Networks, which is a national business networking and training company. And of course, they advocate for the entrepreneur, which many of you are. So you're going to love this interview today. Chaz works with entrepreneurs on a local level. Educating them, equipping them, and empowering them with the tools they need so they can look towards leaving a legacy beyond the business. He speaks to nationwide audiences, training them with the best models and methods to use to achieve success in their business. Chess believes that the failure rate for small businesses is unacceptable. I agree with you. His mission is to provide entrepreneurs with the support and the network, which we'll talk about today, that they need to make their business more than just a means to make a living. He wants them to leave a legacy. What they're doing isn't small, and it's not about them. It's about the people they can help, and he will help them get there. What's so funny, Chess, is I'm you know, sharing your bio, and as we've been chatting, I see now why people wanted to connect us, because we do speak almost the same language. Maybe we're related. I don't know. But we definitely care about the small business, the entrepreneur. And I'm sure you share this, but I'm very passionate about how small business grows America and what they do to give back to this great country and just all the good that they're doing out there. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute. And I want to open up just by hearing a little bit about your story, your background. And then also when you launched Master Networks, tell us about your limiting beliefs. What did you believe about sales and selling then?
1: So, okay. A couple questions. I got this. First of all, I I agree. We share a common thread of the entrepreneur and the support. In fact, I've got a room just outside my studio here. We're training right now. We're training six people from around the country to, to run regions of master networks and they're being trained right now. And one of the things we just talked about yesterday is I asked them, I actually don't believe in the phrase small business anymore.
0: Oh, tell me more.
1: So, you know, if people really knew what it took to run a business, they wouldn't call it small. And so I say it's local business. Even the big brands are run mostly by local people in a market. So just kind of a fun note there. I challenge our people to say local business. I think it's an important thing because there's nothing we do that's small. But how I started Master Networks is I was running a real estate company I owned and a mortgage and title. And you know then the big market shift happened in 2008, 2009. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it hit me hard. It hit a lot of people hard. But that being said, it was my network. That really helped me and kind of get through that. And then I decided to kind of step back and go, how did I do this? I built this network and I was part of a network and an organized networking group, but there was some challenges that happened. I have five children. My youngest two are twins and I just had them. And one of them needed surgery. And so I spent a couple of weeks, you know, helping my wife recover, get the twins, et cetera. And I get this form letter from the group. I'm a part of that says, Hey, you missed a few meetings. We're replacing you I'm like 10 years. What? Nobody said, hey, we miss you. Where have you been? Are you alive? You know, things." and so uh, it made me realize that day that that group had been so transactional and I wanted something relational. And if it was relational and it had education, and then if referrals came as a byproduct of that, great. And so I started and I built a group called Master Networks. We built the first chapter and nine years later, we're in 23 states. I think the limiting belief that I had though at that time, because it's easy to say what it is today. I got five kids. I've got this real estate company that had just really struggled. I had no money to my name. I talk about that in my second book. And I'm sitting with a mentor who's describing this vision. He's in his 70s. He's built three national brands. He's like, Chaz, this is what it could look like. And I'm like, I can't even buy groceries right now. And he said a phrase to me that still is burned in my heart. And he said, why not you? Because I'm like, I can't take this thing national, let alone international. And he just said, okay, tell me why not you? And I didn't have a good answer. You know, I tried, but he shut down everything I said. So that was my limiting belief. I didn't think I could do it.
0: Yeah, I'm just having a moment here because we've been saying why not you so much lately on the show in our rooms, it's become this, I don't know, a drumbeat. So I'm so glad that you are sharing it with the community. And it's the question we all have to ask ourselves when the dream unfolds in front of us. Why not me? Why not you? Because the only person who's going to stop us and get in our own way is ourselves. And so... That that is so powerful. Why not you? So then what happened? Like, why not you? Did you have the conversation with yourself? And I'm curious about from there. So from the moment of like making the decision, was there then a moment where you like the business started to take off and it started to be profitable? Like, what do you remember about that?
1: No, it struggled. I'd love to say, hey, you know, I changed my mind that day and boy, we just everything went great. And I did change my mind. I did focus on it, but it was still tough. Business is hard and you know we tried a few things and a lot of things that didn't work told us okay that's clear but it gave us clarity i was like that clearly didn't work okay we're going to set that aside and now and so we just basically made a lot of failures down to what we knew worked and then once we had that figured out we went all in on what worked and just kept pushing towards that and what that did is it created confidence in us right that confidence then turned into courage that i could then you know, get in front of people. I could make phone calls. I could call people and say, Hey, I've got this plan, this vision. Let me share it with you of what this could look like. And then, and they'd say, well, that's great. How do I get involved? They say, well, I'd like you to own a region. What does that mean? Well, how does that look like? I said, well, it's partnering with me owning a territory and you're going to go take that vision and take it to that state or that area and expand it. And we just started with that and it, it started to take off. Well,
0: I, I don't think anyone gets off the ground easily. So I'm glad you shared that. I mean, I've interviewed, now I can say over a hundred entrepreneurs on the show and no one has said, you know, it's not easy. And you keep referring back to it, that business Business can be hard. It can be difficult, especially once, you know, getting that plane off the ground, as we say at Sales Camp, getting that plane into the air is one of the toughest things you could do. It's when you use the most fuel and then you start to get in the air. But if you don't make those corrections, those course corrections that you were talking about, if you don't pivot, if you don't learn from what's not working to keep going, it's not going to keep going. And I think that's one of the things that we miss as business owners. And I think that's why a lot of fail. I'm curious about that. You, I know you're committed to helping. Local businesses be successful. I want to make sure I say local businesses be successful because you think it's unacceptable that they have a terrible failure rate. I want you to talk about that. Like, why do you think so many local businesses fail?
1: The short answer, I think, is there's several reasons, but I think one of the reasons is I think it's training and education. I think it's like there's not a lot out there. Like, I've done workshops with people, in my book, Five Plus One. I lay out the five business disciplines and the one master skill, because what I say is you can do the right things, but do them in the wrong order and go out of business. And I'll I'll give you a quick example of that. One of the basic things I teach is prospecting versus marketing. They're different. And so I think people get into business and they go, I got to do marketing. I got to run social media ads. And sure, that's great. That is the right thing to do, but probably not right away, especially if you don't have the capital to do it. You should be prospecting focused and enhance it with your marketing over time. So for instance, when we started Master Networks, we didn't have a lot of money. And so what did we do? We got on the phone. We knocked on doors. We went to networking events. We did what we could. It took time, but it didn't take a lot of money. And so the reason why I think people go out of business is they think they're doing the right thing. They're just doing it in the wrong order and they can go out of business. And no one tells them that. No one says, hey, you're doing the right thing, but it's just not yet. Don't do that yet do this first, then this. And because I think business is sequential, I think you do things in an order. And if you do it out of order, you can go out of business. So to me, I think that's one of the reasons people go out of business.
0: Yeah. I want to make sure we, I know you have two books, the five plus one. Is that available on Amazon? It is. I know it is because I loved, but okay, good. So people can get it there. So for those who are listening, I know you're taking a lot of notes, we're listening to the show, definitely grab a copy of Chaz's book and just like you'll get something. And I love what you talk about. Like it's to do it in a certain order. I mean, when we launched, so we rebranded, but when I first started my company, I didn't have a lot of money and, you know, it was coming through the recession and all those times. And I did everything I could at zero cost. And that meant that, you know, as many networking events that I could go to, and some had small costs, But it was a lot of cool calling. It was warm calling. It was networking. It was asking for referrals. It was all the things that you can do that aren't going to cost you a lot of money. And you're right. In this time of social media, I think everyone thinks that they have to have this massive social media budget. But most people don't even know who they're calling on yet. They don't even know who their top 20% is. So I appreciate what you just said about doing it in a specific order. So looking back at the whole trajectory of your professional career, what would you say the number one limiting belief is that you changed for yourself that allowed you to sit in the seat today.
1: So it's kind of funny in some ways when looking back, I was a really shy kid growing up. I'm still fairly introverted and I own a networking organization. I'm fairly private, which my marketing team pushes me hard to be more public I more all of that. A lot of the mentors that I have and coaches are, you got to be public, you got to be out there and that kind of thing. But the same gentleman who said, why not me? Then quickly moved into, you have to write a book, and you got to get on stages and speak. And I was like, ah, gosh, I tried to talk about it. I'm like, do I really have to speak? I mean, if I write the book,
0: <laughs> people can read it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, you got to get on stages. I was petrified to think to do that, which I think people see now and they see me on stage and they're like, oh, it seems so natural. And you do such a good job. And they think I don't get nervous. I still get really nervous. And I remember the very first time I spoke, my kids were at the event. My wife was there and which made it even harder. And my wife knows, I'm like, I am having this panic attack. I'm the first keynote. And she came backstage before the event started and just kind of like, you know, how are you? You're going to be great. You know, that pep talk. And I said to her, I said, okay, tell me where you're sitting. Cause I literally can't make eye contact with you guys. I need to know where you are. <laughs>
0: so I cannot look. Yeah. Yes.
1: And she said, well, they got us reserved right there in the front row. So we're right in the middle front row. I said, okay, I can look past that. I can look, you know, So, of course, you know, the music starts, they introduce, I come out on stage and I'm thinking, look to the middle, look to the back. And I, my eyes go right there. And somehow I still don't know. I've never got the story. Somehow they got moved from the front to the back and they're sitting in the back. And I see at that time he's 12 now, but I see my eight year old or almost eight year old at that time. He's in the back. He's kind of my little mini me. And he's got his suit on. He's just, you know, he was so excited to wear the suit and he his grin is from ear to ear and he's giving me double thumbs up in the back. I cried. Here I am my first speaking event. I'm petrified and I started to choke up on stage. And I had had some training because I knew how hard this was going to be and I remember one of the things they told me is never let him see you cry. Like that was one of the things they said, don't cry on stage, lover. and and I'm like first words out of my mouth, I start choking up. And I realized at that moment something, and I still get a little emotional thinking about it. I realized at that moment that I was not doing life and telling my kids about it. They watched me overcome a living belief right in front of their eyes. And now they get to see their dad on stage battling this. And I had a great keynote. It was great. People came up and said it was wonderful. I actually have a photo of my children coming up at the stage afterwards. So that's a precious photo for me. And I realized that me overcoming that limiting belief had a great impact on their life as well.
0: Yeah. Wow. What a great story. And for our longtime listeners, they know I've shared, and we were talking about this before, that I have glossophobia. So getting on a stage was, it was impossible. Like it was just not going to happen. But, and I'm sure you felt this, the call to be on stage was much bigger than my fear, clearly, because I did it anyway, even though I didn't want to. And my poor husband, like, I'm going to interview Tim one of these days on what he had to go through behind the scenes to help me get on the stage and stay on stage and what he had to speak into my soul to keep going. One mentor once said to me though, and I'm sure you've thought about this as well. He said, "Ursula, you can be nervous, but he said at the end of the day it's not about you. It's just not. It's about the people you're here to serve and you've got a lot of work to do, so the sooner you can get out of the way, the faster you can get your work done." And Every time before I step on a stage, I say, it's not about you. And now, of course, like I'm in a different space. Like it's a different, like I enjoy it now. I have fun with it. I will say that there's certain stages that will still make me nervous. And I've talked about some of those on the show, but for the most part, it's a different place. But I think there's a lot of us, Jess. I think there's a lot of introverts who are scared to death to get on stage, who are on stages all over the world. And I want our listeners to hear that because if a fear is keeping you off the stage, if a fear is keeping you from picking up the phone, if a fear is fill in the blank, right? Right. The question I want you to ask yourself is what's on the other side of that fear? Because I'm sure for like both of us, Chaz and I, as we're sitting here today, had we not stepped through that fear, like we would have gotten stuck. And I think that happens. I think when you're confronted with a fear, it's the exact thing you're supposed to do. And when you ignore it, you stop. Thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm only laughing because (laughs) again, here's another thing. We keep saying the same words. I say all the time that the reason why, if I'm honest and why I had that fear because deep down, I knew I needed to do it. Like I had to like, just get super honest that if I'm going to run a national organization, which is what I wanted, I wanted this thing to be big and international. I knew deep down it would require, not I would need to or do my best, it would require me to be on stages. And I just was like, I don't know if I can accept that yet. And it was as soon as I did and said, okay, that's what it is. I got to overcome this and I got to do. And what I find too now Is I'm more nervous before. But once I'm on stage now, because that's, I'm comfortable. I believe wholeheartedly in what I'm saying. Like, that's where I'm comfortable now. It's the before that I'm still like, oh, I'm like, you know, nervous.
0: Yeah. So I once heard, I think it was a musician or a singer, someone very famous, maybe Johnny Cash, maybe not. Anyway, they were talking about the fact that they said, the day that I'm not nervous before I get on the stage is the day I should quit. I'm like, oh, right? Like, so. We just have to channel it because the day you stop being nervous, you probably don't care anymore. You probably should be doing something else. Anyway, we're going to keep going. I love it. I know our listeners are going to love this. I want to dive into the sales strategies, right? That's why we have the show. How do you double your sales? Like When you look back, specifically at Master Networks, what are the top two strategies that you used to grow to 23 states now? And like you have people you're training right now. You're growing beyond that.
1: Yeah, I think as far as strategies, it's networking. It's leveraging people right? I realized that I'm only one relationship away from changing my future, that I understood clearly that it didn't all have to fall on my shoulders. And I think as salespeople and as entrepreneurs, we often try to do everything. And so what I did is I tried to educate and equip and empower everyone around. I call it the E3, educate, equip, empower. I wanted to take everyone around me And say, well, don't just, I don't need to be the only ambassador for master networks. Let me get others. And listen, you doesn't have to be a networking organization. You can empower and educate your customers to go out and sell for you on behalf of you. The other strategic partners could sell on your behalf. You know, one of my, I sell for other people all the time because I believe in their products and services and they've empowered me to promote their stuff, if you will. So that's one, it's leveraging people, right? And the second is, and it's kind of a two part, is time on the task and skill, So I can't expect to improve if I'm not spending enough time on the task. And so I have time blocked my calendar to be specific and intentional about reaching out to people. So if I'm saying, hey, these are the people I want to connect with because they're going to help me build my brand. right, I can give you a whole list of people that I keep a top 100 list. Like these are someday dream if I could connect with this person. And I can't even tell you the number of them that I've been able to connect with. It's amazing because I'm intentional about it. And I put time on my calendar and I'm strategic. And I think, how could I connect with this person? What's important to them? And then I just improve my skill on how to be in front of them. And when I'm in front of them, how to interact and so forth. So those are the two strategies that I've used is leveraging people and then time on the task and my skill set.
0: That's great. So I just want to unpack that a little bit. So time on the task skill set. So you got to spend time on the things that are most important. I'm curious, do you live by the 80-20 rule, like 20% of your activities are bringing 80% of your results? Or how do you, like, I want to spend a day in the life of Chaz. Like a lot of people are, you know, some are just starting their business. Some are, you know, looking to get to the next level. Like you're up-leveling right now. You've up-leveled, you're doing it again. You're growing. Like, how do you spend your days? What are you doing?
1: I'm very disciplined. My calendar, if it's not on my calendar, it just absolutely doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, You know, I joke that sometimes my wife will even put things like take out the trash on my calendar because she knows if it's there, right? That's a smart move. I like her. I was like, I thought that's why we had four boys. Apparently not. So, but no, I'm up early. I'm pretty much like I would be the easiest person to rob or steal from because you know where I'm going to be when like I'm up, I'm out the door early. I'm at the gym because I try to, it's not even just for health, but I need that energy. I need to stay. I get it. Right. And so I'm there six days a week. I take my kids to school so I can be back in time to take them to school. I, you know, there's five of them going in different directions, but I take as many of them to school as I can. And then I'm to the office and then in the morning it's productivity, right? It's productivity. It's touching base. Like I have on my calendar, if somebody looked at my calendar right now on my phone and I could show you like every morning, my calendar has a group of people I'm supposed to connect with, like partners. People, et etc that I need to follow up with and I'm just following up with them and then I'm productivity and then in the afternoon it's touching base with my team kind of circling back but that's pretty much the same every obviously the activity is different but it's the same kind of structure every day
0: yeah so I think the key word if we could summarize that would be that you're consistent you're disciplined and you're consistent with your calendar your schedule and what you're doing and I think that's really important to remember yes yes all right we want to make sure we hear from you we know that you're an expert in building business relationships right? Some people talk about networking. And I think like that can be confusing. We're not sure what that is. But I want to hear like two to three strategies that you teach your tribe, your people on how to build effective business relationships.
1: Yeah. So the first thing that I teach is face-to-face meetings, right? I think you have to get face-to-face now with technology. You can use, let's see if I can pull up what I do. Uh, It doesn't matter because you won't be able to see it. But like, I have a, a top 100 list as I was talking about. And then I try to get face-to-face with those people, right? And it could be Zoom like this or, you know, any kind of thing like that. That's what I try to do. I try to get face-to-face with them, right? Because it's different when I can be face-to-face versus a phone call versus email. I mean, we've talked about this too. Like people send you emails, they want your time, et cetera. No, it is about getting in front of them, getting their attention and then what you do when you have their attention, right? And so I use a method called bond, Okay. The method called Bond, and I'll go over what Bond is for the listeners. B O N D is an acronym. So it's B is build on a common interest. Okay. That could be anything. Like the fact that you live in Minnesota and I lived in Minnesota for 20 years. Like we could talk about that. Like we were both speakers, we're both authors. Like it's a skill of just learning where you make the connection and building on that. If you go too fast and try to get into selling right away, in my opinion, you risk blowing that relationship in many ways. You'll risk that. So, What I talk about is building on that common interest. Then the O is occupation exploration, okay? After I've built on that common interest, I'm going to learn about your business. I want to find out how you started, what you do, tell me about your services, you know, who do you serve, those kinds of things, right? Those are the things that come into the occupation. Then it's N is needs discovery. What do you need? Who are you looking for? Who are you trying to connect with? Because this little magic piece right here I found with especially top performers and producers If I can connect them with somebody they need to connect with, they see me as so valuable, whether I've sold anything, bought anything, like they go, that's what I need. And then the D is just develop opportunities, right? And so developing opportunities is where it all comes together. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean, again, that's you and I developing an opportunity, but I might be able to send somebody to you where the opportunity comes into play. And and then later down the road, we can do something. So that's definitely one of the techniques that I use. I
0: love it. Everyone... Hopefully you're writing this down. Bond, build a common interest. So have that initial conversation and then explore occupation exploration. I love that. Needs discovery. Who do you need? How can I help you? And how can we develop more opportunities together? So here's what I'm curious about. I love this. This is easy to remember. Excellent. How often do we get together? In this time of I'm too busy because social media is calling me. I don't know. I don't know if people spend a lot of time with media. Whatever it is, distractions are out there. When you think of someone who, like let's say you sit down, like you and I, we are... I mean, we could be phenomenal strategic partners. I think we're already doing some work together. And you know, our communities wanted us to get together because they thought we could support each other and support each other. So how often do you get in front of people? Because I think that's relationships take time to build. What do you think?
1: They do. So I, for the most part, most of my day, when I talked about that productivity time is doing things, not necessarily podcasts, but it's connecting with influencers, top producers, successful business people. And I'm kind of I just think this is the honest truth. It doesn't sound great, but I'm kind of sorting in a way like you you can't treat everyone the same way. Like I have people who've come at me, you know, it's clear right from the first thing. It's all about what they can get and how they can get in front of my tribe and how they can get like, and I just kind of go, well, it's in it for me. Like what's the value? Cause if it's just about getting in front of my tribe, I'm not even sure there's a value of you being in front of my tribe kind of thing. So I kind of sort people. And then, so they kind of move off of that top, list and then they go to a top 25 list, if you will, because I only have a capacity right now to really be authentic and impact a certain number of people. And I think this is going to sound a little bit basic, but when it's not difficult, those are the people I work with. Like if it has to be so ironed out and it has to be so clunky and cumbersome to do a deal or get something in place, I just can't do it.
0: You already know, like they've already shown you everything. I think that's such great advice for our listeners. Like if you're going to work with a strategic partner, make it easy for them. Give first. And if it turns into something great, if it doesn't like that's okay too, at least, you know, and I'm sure you agree with that. Like when you lead with giving and you, whatever comes from it is great and see where it goes, but don't make it difficult.
1: Good. Yeah. I tell people who are like, I'm starting a brand new podcast. I have a very few listeners. I know this is a stretch, but would you be on my podcast? I said, sure. I can take, what, 25 minutes? And they're like, I never thought you'd say yes to be on my podcast. Just had this the other day. And I think, yeah, but I started a podcast and I didn't have any listeners really. So, you know, it's my turn to give back in that sense.
0: Yeah. I remember when a pretty prominently known person, he endorsed my book and I was just like, so shocked. And he just looked at me like, he's like, this is going to be you someday. Someone's going to come to you. And he's like, do the endorsement. Always say yes, as long as it's an okay book, like read the book, but (laughs) make sure you can support it. In our last few minutes here, Chaz, I want you to tell us about how we can learn more about Master Networks and you, how we can get connected, how people can reach out to you.
1: Yeah. So go to masternetworks.com is the easiest way to learn about master networks. If there's a chapter nearby and you want to get involved, you want to visit, there's a map. There's a You can search for local chapters. We have over 200. Or if you say, hey, I really like this. I see all the videos on there. I get a good idea. Or I want to start a local networking organization in my area. There's a place to learn more on how to start a chapter. And we have coaches here at our office that no charge, of course, to walk you through on how to set up a chapter of master networks in your local area.
0: So masternetworks.com, you can go there to find a chapter in your local area. What are the hot spots? Like where in the country are you looking right now? Because maybe somebody's listening and they're, they'd be more motivated to know if you were...
1: Yeah, I mean, where we have a lot of established chapters, I mean, you can see that on the map when you go there. But again, we have North Texas... Colorado, Minnesota, Florida, pretty heavy in the upper Northeast. We've just launched some areas in California. We've got people again in the room right now looking to launch areas in Houston, central Illinois, Oklahoma. Like We are just expanding massively. So if you don't see it today on the map, In a month, it could be there. So, you know, we got a lot of expansion going on right now.
0: Great. So definitely check it out. All right. In our last 30 seconds, I'm going to pull all the wisdom from you. So Chaz, sometimes, you know, we have people who are listening and they're having an awesome year in business. Everything's going great. And sometimes we have people who are listening where maybe they did things in not the right order, or they're one of those small businesses that feels like they could be failing in the next few months. What is your best advice for them?
1: There's somebody that's already done it seek out their wisdom. I'm a firm believer in coaches and mentors, people who I surround myself with, who can see things in me that I can't see. They can also correct things that I'm doing, but they've been there, they've done it. And I don't mean, listen, there's a lot of people you can go get advice from that will be willing to give you advice, but I always look for, are they, or have they been where I want to be? And if they are not, I don't need advice, really. I need experience and wisdom that they've done it. And so I would seek out people who've done it and ask, ask for help. I think that's one thing as an entrepreneur, we like to put it on our shoulders and go, I got this. Yeah. Okay. That'll come in time and you'll be needing that, but ask people for help.
0: Thank you. I was going to say how to do it. And I think those are some of the most powerful words you can say simply I need help. Can you help me? I don't think there's anyone on the planet, or there's very few people on the planet I should say who would say no to that. So great advice. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with our community. We appreciate you. And we look forward to getting to know you and master networks in the future. So thanks so much, Chaz. Gosh,
1: thanks, Ursula. Thank you.
0: So much fun. And again, I want to thank our listeners. We love hearing from you. Email us at if it's easier, contact at salescoachnow.com. Let us know if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear about. We'd love to support you. Come out and play at Sales Camp this year. Thanks, everybody, and make this your most epic month yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.